Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network, and I am your host, Sheree Sims. Wow, my voice just went really high, guys. (laughs) I don't know why. Uh, So as always, I'm going to start with the peak and pit of my day. This is something that I do with my family at dinner time. It helps us to stay connected and to be in the know of what happened in each other's day. And it opens up conversation and all that good stuff. And I don't know if I told you guys this, but I actually got this from the Kardashians. So (laughs) that's my guilty pleasure, the Kardashians. I love them. I don't care what my husband says. I'm going to continue to watch them because I got things like the peak and pit of our day from them. So I like to start with the pit of my day so I can end on a high note. Uh, The pit of my day is, again, I had a pretty good day today. So I don't know that I had a pit of my day. Uh, Even traffic wasn't bad today. So that was fantastic. If I had to pick a pit, it would be that I went skating on my kitchen floor and slammed my toe into a cupboard. This was a few days ago, but my toe still hurts and it looks really beautiful. So that would be the pit of my day. And the peak of my day is, so I have to say this kind of quietly because my daughter came with me today to record. She's not going to be on the podcast episode, but she's here and I don't want her to hear me. Um, There's the new movie DC League of Super Pets. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's coming out. It's with The Rock and Kevin Hart. But Warner Brothers reached out to us and they want to surprise my kids with a dog for promotion for the movie and to highlight, you know, these adoption centers and places where dogs and cats and all these animals need homes. So we're going to get to give a puppy a home. And I'm so excited. This is like my inner child is very excited. So that's that's the peak of my day. And it's going to be with me. I'll, I'll tell you guys about their reaction probably next week. We get to give it to them sometime next week. So I'll update you guys on that. And then maybe we can talk about pets and kids one day soon. I'll let you know what that looks like in my home. So anyways, we'll jump into it. I have so many people who have reached out in the past, in the present. I've probably asked myself this question several times. And that question is, how do I get my partner on board with gentle parenting or conscious parenting or whatever fill-in-the-blank parenting you want to call it? Some of this is going to be a little my professional opinion. (laughs) Some of this is going to be a lot of my personal opinion. So I just want you to take that in mind. I'm going to share a little bit with you about my own experience. My husband and I do come from different backgrounds, different homes, and different parenting styles. I, as you all know, went to school for child development. So I have a little different take on the actual development of a child and how I feel like they should be raised and what I think works or what I know works. And my husband has what he was raised with. So we definitely have that experience of parenting differently and sometimes from different sides and having that desire to be more on the same page and more on the same team when it comes to parenting our children. And I know this is something for a lot of us. So let's start with just thinking about the fact that one, you are not alone in wanting to get your partner on board with a certain style of parenting. This is something that so many of us deal with, and oftentimes it is because regardless of the amount of similarities we have, we were both raised, we, meaning you and your partner, me and my partner, 
we are raised in different households. And a lot of times uh, when we're dating, engaged, early on in our marriage, parenting is not really something that we talk about and it's not really something we get on the same page until we even have the children. And a lot of times you can't know how somebody's gonna parent until they have the children, right? You could say, look at their parents and you'll get an idea and you'll get an idea of what their background is, what their parenting was. But a lot of us choose to parent differently from our parents anyways. So I mean, half the time, I think we don't even know what kind of parents we're going to be until we're in the situation. So that does make this very tricky and challenging and gives us great opportunities for growth. (laughs) That's the teacher in me, learning opportunities. It's a teachable moment. But Understanding that we do come from different backgrounds, I think will just give us a general foundation for like starting to change our expectations. We go into parenting expecting that we're going to look like and show up in a certain way. We have an expectation that our partners are going to show up in a certain way. And even with myself, I can give an example of that. When I met my husband, we were in college. He was the president of 100 Black Men. They had a, you know, after school tutoring for middle school children. And they worked with these middle school kids. And I remember looking at him and like daydreaming and be like, oh, he's so fine. (laughs) He's so smart. He's so handsome. And look at him with these kids. Like, he's so great with kids. He pours into them. And so immediately, even when we were dating, I built up what I thought he would look like as a parent just based on like five minutes of him tutoring a 12-year-old, right? That's not very realistic. This is not someone who's his child. I don't know how he's going to discipline them. I don't know how he's going to respond when he's triggered, when he's upset. I'm not asking him about his own expectations. And so I've built up a whole story of what I think and expect he will be without talking to him about it, without asking him any questions, without getting his agreeing Lord, I've been in the sun all day. My words are not here. Um, But without getting him on board, right? And in my mind, he and I are on board with this thing with parenting. And he has not actually agreed to any of it or even said that's what he thinks it should be. So I think that's like a starting place, right? Looking at your own self and asking yourself, what were my expectations? Because if you listen to an episode a few weeks ago, we talked about disappointment. So one, if you are feeling like, how do I get my partner on the same page, you're probably also dealing with the disappointment of unmet expectations for what this parenting journey would look like for yourself, for your partner, and for you as a unit. So just being conscious of that can sometimes bring you back to a level where it's a little bit easier to move forward because you're not moving against something. You can kind of erase the slate start anew and start from groundwork. Second, I would say just start having conversations with your partner. Well, actually, before even having conversations with them, I also want to say that when you are in a place of how can I get my partner on board, I want you to think about how you're approaching the situation. And I can tell you that I am definitely talking to myself when I say this. I almost don't even want my husband to listen to this episode because I feel like he's going to be like, you don't do that. (laughs) And now I'm going to have to do what I preach. Uh, So give me a moment with that idea. But I would say that if you are coming from a place with how do I get my partner on board, You probably don't want to admit this to yourself. You certainly don't want to admit it to your partner. I know I don't. But we're probably coming from a place of, I know better than you, and I need you to do things my way. And usually, that doesn't work very well. And so the question of how do I get my partner on the same page, I think that question's 
should shift a little bit to how do we get on the same page? Because this is something that you and your partner are going to have to do together. You're going to have to agree on together. And so I think the starting place of that is asking each other questions about the foundations in your parenting and the foundations in your family values. I think that having family values is something that's really important for any family to have. And most of us, if I were to ask you the question right now, what are your family values? It's probably something you would have to think about for a minute where you would have to search for what are our family values? I mean, most of us know that we value honesty, we value trust, we value safety, and we can say the things we value, but we don't generally, and this really, truly, most of us do not have an actual family values that we have agreed upon. So I think sitting down with your partner or your spouse and agreeing upon what are our foundational values for our family. Is it respect? That's usually a big one. A lot of times you will find that respect is a family value. Everybody wants to be and feel respected in the house. Now, here's the tricky part is what does respect look like to you? And they've done a lot of research and studies on asking men and women the differences in what respect looks like to them or what they value more, love or respect, right? There's lots of research that in part I think should be reevaluated, but lots of research that will ask men, what do you value more, love or respect? They'll say respect. You ask women, what do you value more, love or respect? They'll say love. But when you actually start to talk about love and respect, you find that a lot of it is the same thing. It just looks different for one another. So for my husband, for instance, respect looks like obedience. But not only does it look like obedience, it looks like obedience without question. It looks like obedience without anything being challenged. So when we have these issues of he may not be parenting the way I want him to, it usually comes down to a family value of respect. Well, this is him talking. I felt disrespected when our child did X, Y, and Z. And that's why I responded this way. And for me, I might look at the same situation and I I might see they're not disrespecting you, they're just looking for clarity. Or they're not disrespecting you, they're just trying to gain their own autonomy or independence, right? So it's a little bit about perspective, it's a lot about expectation, but I think once we start to open up these conversations about what does that look like to you, it becomes really helpful. And this is actually something I learned working with children. I would oftentimes have to tell children things like if if a child is jumping on a couch in the classroom and I say, we have to get down off the couch, there's two different ways to approach it. I could just say, get off the couch. We don't jump on the couch. Or what I typically do is I'll say, you know what? When you jump on the couch, that doesn't meet my need for safety. Safety for me looks like both feet on the ground or your bottom on the couch. So a lot of times I have to define not only what the expectation is, but what it actually looks like to me. And so I think when we start to do that with our partners, we get a better understanding of what they're looking for. They get a better understanding of what we're looking for. And it's in a way where we're both on the same team. Like, you know how y'all go to therapy? Y'all, I said y'all, I go to therapy. But you know, when you go to therapy, Both of you are sitting on the couch and the therapist is sitting on the other side and you're talking to the therapist trying to get on the same page or trying to get feedback or tools and tips, whatever it is, but you're both sitting on the same couch. 
it's the same way. Like you want to get on the same couch as your partner and physically, right? I'm speaking metaphorically that you want to be on the same page, the same couch as them, but get on the same couch as them. Create an environment and an atmosphere where it feels comfortable and it doesn't feel like one person is attacking the other and the other has a need to defend themselves. That's not the cycle that you want to get in when trying to get on the same page as parenting. You really want to sit down together, talk about those family values, then talk about what the family values look like. Now, I think it's more beneficial when you guys can learn together. And even if you say it that way, like, would you be willing to learn with me how we can better support our toddler when they are being disrespectful? And I'm using disrespectful because we talked about that word earlier. Do you think we can learn together when our teen or preteen is being disrespectful or is being dangerous or whatever the issue is that you're dealing with that you both want to parent differently, ask, would you be willing to learn together? Even if you think you already know, and even if you think you're the one that can teach them, sometimes we're not the right person to teach, right? I have a parenting podcast. I'm a parent educator. I work with professionals to teach them about child development and to teach them how to communicate with children. Yet and still, I'm not the best person to teach my husband that because my husband and I are equals in our marriage. And once I become the teacher, I'm I'm moving myself into a position of like power and more than and you now listen to me. Like we're no longer equals. And I get that in a relationship, it is give and take and we learn from one another. Um, but sometimes when it's in that fashion and he didn't ask me, it's not the best way to be able to move forward in the goal that we both have. Even when my husband and I parent differently, we both have the goal to be a united front and to be on the same page. So coming at him is not an effective tool for me, (laughs) but wanting to do something with him is an effective way of being able to move forward. So what are some of the ways that we can move forward in learning together? You can get books. There are so many parenting books out here. And one thing that I really love is that a lot more people of color are writing parenting books. And so the situations, the language, they're a lot more applicable to us and they resonate with us more. We vibe with it more and we feel like, okay, this person's speaking to me. And a lot of us who are black, we want to support black authors and black business owners and black people. So go go get you a black parenting book. My friend Destiny Ann just wrote a new parenting book that's out for pre-order. Uh, I have another friend, another Destiny, Destiny Bennett, who I believe has actually been on the Black Love Network in different capacities. But she wrote a parenting book, Revised, Not Repeated. So check out some of those parenting books. But read a parenting book together. You can kind of form a book club with your partner or your spouse. Sit down at night, read a chapter aloud to each other. It'll actually be sweet. You guys can lay in the bed. Somebody can put their head on the other person and you can just read to them. And then you guys can stop at each chapter and kind of discuss what the chapter talked about, how that feels for them what they think about it, how to start implementing that. So you guys can kind of start to build this foundational parenting together and what it means for your family together. Another thing you can do is taking webinars. There are lots of webinars, workshops, 
things that you can find online. Some of them are free. Some of them are paid for. Some of them are on, on YouTube. But you guys can kind of search for things together to sit down and watch together. Maybe you set aside time each week. Maybe it's not a daily thing where you read every day. Maybe that's too much. Maybe it's overwhelming. Maybe once a week you guys say, hey, on Wednesday night, let's watch this video together and learn a little bit. And again, Watch it, discuss it, ask questions, see where you guys agree or disagree, um, but start to build that foundation together. I taught a parenting class once. Um, It was a group workshop, which again, there are those options out there as well, where the benefit of group workshops is that you get a community of people who are all kind of facing the same challenges and the same struggles, trying to get on the same page, whether with one another or just with the group, but you have a greater support. And sometimes it creates a space where it's easier to talk about different challenges that you're having because you feel like, oh yeah, I'm going through that too. And so you have that extra support, that extra handholding. But anyways, I taught a group workshop. It was actually a program where we were in it together for six weeks. And I had a husband and wife there that were actually like, court sentenced to be there. (laughs) They had an issue with their parenting, which I won't go into because that's not my business to share. But they did have to come as a mandated thing from court that they had to do. So they were not choosing to be there. This was not something where they were like, we want to be here. We're trying to get on the same page. This was something that they had to do. They had to get it signed off so that they can keep their family structure the way they had started it. And at the end of the program, they had pulled me aside and they talked with me and they had thanked me so much because they were like, not only has this helped us as parents, but this has really saved our marriage. And so I share that because I know that I know it from experience. I know it from the parents that I work with, that these differences in parenting can really affect our entire life, really. Like it can affect our marriage. It can infect infect. It can infect other people. Hey, (laughs) it can affect your household environment, how it feels. It can affect how the children feel towards you, towards marriage, towards, you know, the, how they feel towards themselves. So it's really something that you do want to get a handle on. It really is something that you want to find more peace and progression in and be able to work together towards. Uh, and, you know, it really, it just has so many benefits when you and your partner can be on the same page on another thing, especially in the realm of parenting. Because most likely, if you're asking this question, you're not just asking it because you're worried about how parenting is affecting your children and their future. You're probably also asking because it is affecting your relationship with them. And another thing that I heard from one of my other parent educator friends who is a single mom but co-parents with her ex-husband was she asked for parenting classes to be a part of their court-issued arrangement. So not only did they go to court and talk about what days the children were going to be with which parent, and not only did they go to talk about how are we going to make decisions about health care and education and all those things, but they wrote it into their agreement that both of them were going to attend parenting classes. And so by both of them attending parenting classes, they're both learning the same things about development. They're both learning the same things about communication. And so it helps them to communicate with each other, but it also helps them to create a space that's similar for the children, no matter which household the child is in, depending on the day of the week or what week it is, so on and so forth. So if you are a single parent listening to this podcast and you're struggling with your co-parent 
thinking, how can I get them on board? And now I really don't have the extra, you know, leg up of the fact that we're together, like we're not together. So how do I get them on? That's something to consider is if you have a mediator, if you guys have to deal with court, bring it up, bring it to court where maybe it's something that both of you guys will have to do. And I don't say that to try to create, you know, a greater feud between the two of you, but more so so that you guys can be on the same page. But I just wanted to share that so that you know that is an option. Uh, Lastly, I will say that time is something to consider. I think a lot of times when we ask these questions, whether it's how do I get my child to do X or how do I get my partner to do X, we are often looking for an answer that is going to make a change immediately. And that's just not realistic. (laughs) And I hate to break it to you because I'd love to give you something magical and golden that's going to change your life tonight. But it is going to take time. And this again goes back to our expectations. I always say when expectations don't meet reality, we're extremely frustrated. So again, like you're going to keep facing frustration when your reality is not meeting your expectations, but it's a lot easier to change your expectations than it is to change reality. Like reality is what it is, but it's hard when it doesn't meet our expectations. So if your expectations are, I'm going to go to my partner tonight and ask them if they'd be willing to do a parenting class with me. Your partner might say no. (laughs) And you should have that expectation. Prepare yourself for that disappointment that your partner may not be willing to do the parenting class right now. But if you start with, hey, can we sit and talk about our family values I'm sure your partner would be willing to do that. I can't imagine a scenario where anybody would say, no, I don't want to talk about values. Talking about values is something that most of us are willing to sit down and do. And if you go to them in a way, again, and not in a deceptive way, but if you in your mind really decide like, I want to get on the same page as them. I don't want to get them on my page. I want for us to come together and be on the same page. If you have that mindset in your approach when you come to them and you say, hey, can we sit down? I'd love to talk about family values. I've been noticing that you're frustrated with parenting lately. I'm feeling frustrated with parenting lately. I would really love for us to better support each other. And I think we can do that if we start with talking about what are our values. Just start there. Because once you have your values laid out, even if they're not willing to do parenting classes, even if they're not willing to watch a YouTube clip with you or listen to a podcast with you yet, right? So there's a song that talks about like not yet, right? We got to get in the mind frame of not yet. I can't do it yet. We're not on the same page yet. My child is not reading yet, but it will happen. So if we start with the values, One thing that it will do if they're not ready to listen to the podcast or watch the show yet is it will open you up to be able to have safe and peaceful conversations anytime you see something that doesn't align or agree. Because another thing that I do hear is we're not on the same page and I feel like I'm overcompensating, which that will be another episode. I can't get into that right now, but we do want to be weary about overcompensating because most likely if we're overcompensating for something, we're not even holding to our own boundaries and values. So once we know our values, we can start to hold ourselves and our partners accountable. Did that response hold up our family values? Or 
when I see that, that doesn't meet my family value. That doesn't meet my need for safety because of X, Y, and Z. I don't know. Y'all have to fill in the blanks with your own scenarios. <laughs> I, I, For me, if one of my values is respect and my husband, who doesn't do this, but this is an example, if my husband whoops my child, right? I can now come to you and say, come to him and say, we've talked about our family family values. Some of our values we agreed were respect and safety. When you whoop our children, that doesn't look like, it doesn't feel respectful to me, to our children. It doesn't look safe to me. So I don't feel like in this instant, we are upholding our family values. So having that that foundation is a great first step to being able to get on the same page because you can always come back to family values and you can always start to rearrange things so that your actions meet your values and not only meet your values, but promote your values and enhance your values and make your values stronger and make them so that your children understand what the household and family values are. So start there and then remember to give yourselves time. Don't expect that things are going to change overnight. Don't expect that your partner is going to be willing or wanting to do anything today or tomorrow or even a month from now. It might take time. And in that time, you can empower yourself to keep on learning. Keep learning different tools for discipline. Learn different tools for um, getting your children to clean up or go to bed or whatever the issues are with the children. You can continue to learn those tools and you can continue to implement those tools. This is where I've seen growth in our marriage or in our parenting is that as an early educator, I had tools coming into our marriage and starting our family. I had them. My husband didn't have all the tools. And as he watched me, whether it was in the classroom with children or with our own children, he started to pick up those tools. And he did not pick up those tools because I was like, this is how you do it. And this is how you need to do it. He just saw me doing them. And he saw like, okay, that works. An example of that is if our children are standing on the table, I don't know why children like to stand on the dining room table, but that girl, Matilda, my four-year-old, she loves to put on a good show on the dining room table in the middle of dinner time. And, you know, the gut response is probably like, girl, get off the table or just snatch her up and take her off the table. By habit, and that's a whole other thing, a lot of these things do take practice and do become habits, but you have to put them into practice. You have to intentionally think, I'm going to try these tools, and then I have to practice them over and over. Typically, they say you got to practice them about 20 times before you even get the tool right. That's what they told me when I was learning to be an educator. They were like, you're going to learn tools for your classroom. You're going to try them 20 times before you even start to really use the tools And then it's going to take time after that before the tools start working with the children. So by habit, I'll say to Matilda, Matilda, that doesn't meet my need for safety that you're on the table. It also doesn't meet my need for sanitation that we're eating dinner and your feet are on the table where our food is. You have two choices. You can come down from the table or I can bring your body down off the table. Now, usually she's going to just move her body because she wants to be in control of her body. So she's going to get off the table. But that is the type of thing that now I see my husband saying, you can get in the car on your own or I can put you in your car seat, but it is time to go. 
rather than him just saying, girl, you better get your butt in the car. So these are the things that over time, I've seen that he's watching me, whether he knows he's watching me or not, whether he's doing it on purpose or not, he's watching what works for me. Somewhere in his brain, it's saying, oh, that works. I'm going to try that too. So there are lots of areas that my husband and I probably did not approach things in the same way 12 years ago, but now we do approach them in the same way. And part of it is just from being around each other, watching each other, watching what works and then giving it a try and doing it, whether it's subconscious or conscious. You know, another example of that is even with my mother-in-law, our children are getting older, they have chores, they're supposed to watch wash the dishes, but it is a struggle sometimes to get them to wash those dishes. <laughs> and my mother-in-law was watching them one night we all lived together. And so she was getting them to clean up and she ended up breaking the dishes up in thirds and saying, okay, the oldest, you do a third, middle child, you do a third, youngest, you do a third. After that, my children came to me and they were like, mom, grandma had the best idea. She had us break it up in thirds. We love it. Now it's not too much work for any one of us. Can we do this every time? And so now me, I get to learn from my my mother-in-law. I'm like, okay, that strategy worked. Let me implement that. So my point is that as you start to learn strategies, as you start to learn tools, just start to implement them. Your spouse will see how you implement them. They will see whether or not it works. And just like we begin to pick up mannerisms from one another, just as we begin to pick up slang from one another, they will start to pick up practices and tools that you are using with your children and they will start to implement them. But it will take time. So along with time, it's like consistency. Just be consistent. Be consistent in your patience with your partner be consistent in the example that you set with your partner. Be consistent in learning, continuing to learn and grow in what you know and how to implement those with your child. And be consistent in creating a space where you guys can come together on the same team and approaching these ideas. If you asked them three months ago if they would listen to a parent podcast and they said no, try again in a month or three weeks, or three months, whenever you feel comfortable, try again. Hey, babe, I listened to this amazing podcast. Did you see this morning how uh, Daniel wouldn't get his pants on and I like did that little game with him and then he got dressed in 30 seconds and we were out the door? I actually learned that from this podcast I listened to. I would love if you would listen to it. Can we listen to it on the car ride to church or wherever y'all go together <laughs> and see if they'll try again? So be consistent. Give it time. Sit down. Figure out your family values. Invite your partner to read a book with you, take a class with you, listen to a podcast or watch a video with you. Give it time. Have patience. Continue to learn and grow. I'm, I'm doing my fingers, y'all. We're on number four. Number one was sit down and talk about family values. Number two was invite them to learn with you. Number three was give it time. Number four is continue to learn on your own. Number five is continue to implement what you're learning. And then number six is be consistent. Be consistent in talking about your values. Be consistent in learning and growing. Be consistent in implementing the tools that you're learning. And be consistent in the invitation to learn and grow together so that you guys can continue to have a strong foundation in your family values. So I hope that helps you guys. 
I hope that helps me. I know my husband's going to listen to this and then be like, hey, Sharice, <laughs> you're not being patient. Isn't that what you said? I don't feel like we're on the same team right now. Isn't that what you said? So y'all now I done held myself accountable. So we're all learning and growing together. <laughs> all right, my friends. So your homework for this week is to write down your family values. Ideally, do it with your partner. If for whatever reason your partner isn't available, do it for yourself because it's a great place to start in parenting, in self. It's just a great thing to have to know clearly what your values are and not just have them floating somewhere somewhere in your head thinking you guys have values that are not really clarified and spoken. So that's your homework. Get a piece of paper, sit down with your partner and write down your family values. Now, before we go, I have to remind you that Black Love is back, y'all. It's the last season. It's the last season, and I'm all in my feelings about it. I'm going to miss the show, Black Love, but don't worry because y'all know that Black Love is doing big things, and they are on so many platforms with so much to offer you. And if you're behind on the seasons, you can catch up for free on the Black Love Plus app presented by Target, and you can catch the next episode on this Saturday at 10-9 Central on the OWN Network. All right, friends, I told you that my oldest daughter snuck away and is here with me today. So I'm going to go spend some one-on-one time with her before we head home. Uh, But don't forget to rate and review this podcast, share it with your friends, share it with other parents, and I will see y'all next week. Parenting for the Culture is executive produced by Cody and Tommy Oliver. Our senior producer is Crystal Hill. Art is by Koi Madison. Parenting for the Culture is a Black Love Podcast Network production.